0: Android and iPhone users, for the full version of WFO Radio, download the WFO Radio app. It's sports radio for racing fans.
1: Thank you. I appreciate it.
0: The ultimate ultimate racing racing show, including WFO Radio NHRA Nitro, WFO Radio Ignition, the WFO Radio NASCAR Tailgate Party, news, videos, push notifications, and more. I just hope I'm part of it. Go to the App Store or Android Market, search WFO Radio, and download it now. Now.
1: All right, and we are going to bring in... um, Scott Miller, right now, give me one second to get this spotlighted. Are you able to hear me okay? I can. All right, let me yes. just... righty. well, we are now joined by Scott Miller, our Senior Vice President of Competition. Um, we received some questions um, on the last lap and he will take a few questions to clarify. Um, let's kick things off, Bob, just go ahead.
2: Yes, Scott, can you kind of explain the calls, the no call on Denny and the call on Benedetto and Elliott at the end of the race?
3: Well, yeah, it was pretty clear cut. The 21 hung a left and and drove those guys down below the line. So uh, we had called that twice on the 22 car uh, during the race. So nothing different there Um, on the the 24 and the 11 being down there. I mean, we in our judgment, um, they were down there to avoid a wreck. And uh, on the nine, I mean, he obviously just pulled out and passed underneath the yellow line. So I think all of it was, uh, you know, from our, from our vantage point, I think fairly clear cut.
1: All right, we'll take our next question. Um, Dustin Long, did you have a question?
4: Thank you. Uh, Scott, um, you know, is there, is there much more that, that can be done in terms of the rule? Obviously you guys explained it in the driver's meeting. Um, you know, you had to penalize multiple people today. Are you bothered that that you had to make this call this many times? With how much you guys have enforced this rule and reminded drivers of this uh, throughout the last few years?
3: Yeah, well, I mean, outside of putting a wall there, I mean, I, I don't, I don't really know what more we can do. I mean, I do sincerely believe that we need the rule. I mean, you see all the the real estate that's around here, and and if we started. You know having cars running 12 wide down the back straightaway away i mean just imagine what would happen when you get to turn three so i think that we it's important that we continue to have a rule um i, I get out there in the heat of a battle things happen it's um uh, you know it's 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 hard when there's all that real estate down there but you just you just can't do it so i mean i i don't think that we can eliminate it i think it would be a mess so um we 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 kind of are where we are thank you
1: yes sir. all right our next question will come from alan Cavana. go ahead alan
5: hi scott where did you view the 17 in all this was he one trying to avoid the wreck was because it looked like he may have forced the 11 down so should the 17 have got a penalty i just wanted to clear that up
3: uh, I mean, I thought we saw sparks flying and everybody trying to avoid the mess that the 21 created. So that's that we, we didn't even consider much about the 17. Thank you. Yes, sir.
1: All right, Scott. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to clarify for us um, and have a good evening.
3: All right. You guys too. Thank you. Thank you. We are now
0: joined by Austin Dillon. Austin, can you copy? Yeah, you got me. Yeah, we hear you loud and clear. Could you just walk us through uh, your view of today's race and uh, and where you see yourself going forward as we advance here in the playoffs?
5: Um, I just got into every wreck possible today, uh, just wrong place, wrong time most of the day. And going into the playoffs, you know, I mean, got Robo left. We just need a little help from some of these guys, and we got to help ourselves some as well. But can't thank my Bash Pro Shops number three team. They've done a great job fixing damage the last two weeks and parts that have failed we changed the oil cooler only lost two laps and then last week we knocked those belts off lost eight I don't know how you do that it's just impressive the communication's great so unfortunate last two weeks not what we wanted in this round but we'll, we'll move on
0: okay we're going to open up the questions we're going to take our first question from Stephen Conley go ahead with the question Stephen
4: Austin with the, the Roval next week how confident are you in your road course program and how much are you going to rely on the Daytona road course going into next week
5: well, a lot. You know, what Kaz did there was, he did a really good job, and um, we'll try and use that same setup, move them forward. See what we can do, you know. I mean, it's not been the greatest place for us, but we're going to work hard, stay on track, see
0: what we can come out with. Thank you. Okay, our next question will come from Matthew Mayer. Go ahead with your question, Matthew.
6: Hey, what's up, buddy? Um, Hey, how's it going? Doing good, man. I wanted to give you an opportunity to uh, expand on one of the tweets you sent out earlier this week. You watched The Social Dilemma. Want to get your thoughts on that whole thing and, and how it impacts you as an athlete in sports.
5: Yeah, thanks for the question. You know, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a crazy documentary. You need to watch it. It's uh, – as having a kid uh, – I just had a kid, my first kid, and thinking about the future and what they're going to have to go through. And I have already know what we have to go through as, as athletes, how you have to act and, uh, you know, it's just – it's hard, you know what I mean? Political differences uh, – button, all the stuff that I want my son to be able to be raised like I was and, and be able to just hang out and have a good time and, and be able to not be socially awkward with without a phone in his hand. You know what I mean? I want him to be able to enjoy the outdoors. And, and that, that uh, opened it up, opened up a lot in my mind to think about as a kid how I was without a phone and, and just you know, moving forward. How, how can I use social media for what it's good for? and not be addicted to my phone for reasons that um, just take away from everyday life. Thanks, man. Thanks.
0: Uh, Austin, Daniel McFadden from NBC submitted the following question. Do you think that the double line rule should be done away with or altered?
5: The double wide rule.
0: The double, the double yellow, the, du- the, the double yellow line rule.
5: Oh, I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's hard. I, I'll let NASCAR officials come up with that one. Um, I didn't think he advanced uh, until he got back onto the track, and that's how I read it. As you, If you advance your position, you lose that. I don't know. I haven't really seen a good replay, but I think they'll probably make the right call in the end. Good deal.
1: Our next
0: question will come from Bob Pockers. Go ahead, Bob. Yeah, Austin, um, they reduced
2: horsepower since the 500. We saw – a lot of wrecks today. We saw a couple of cars in the air, but nothing maybe as violent in the past. And I'm curious if you feel like the changes, just slightly less horsepower and no aeroducts contributed either way in those wrecks.
5: Yeah, I, I don't know, man. We wrecked a lot at all these speedways and it just is part of it. Um, I do feel like we've had better packages than others at certain points in time in my career. Uh, I'd have to go back and really study and which ones I like the best, but I don't know about this one. This hasn't been that much fun.
0: Thank you. Good deal. Well, Austin, thank you for taking the time to join us. Make sure your seat back and tray tables in the upright position and safe travels back to Charlotte, buddy.
5: Thanks. Pop-pop's already drinking wine. <laughs> Good <Yeah>. deal. Cheers. <laughs> we
0: talking to Good deal, Cheers, <laughs> Absolutely. Take care now. Yep.
1: We are now joined by Ty Dillon, our third place finisher and the driver of the number 13 Germain Racing Chevrolet. Um, Ty, can you just talk us through this third place finish, how it feels?
7: Uh, it feels great. Um, I'm, I'm sure everyone's aware our our team announced that we were uh, selling and has been sold. Um, and the relationship between myself and Jermaine Racing and Geico and all the, the 47 employees at Jermaine Racing is, is coming to an end, unfortunately. So we all promised each other when it was announced that we we're going to give it everything we had till the end. And this was kind of a statement for, for our team together. And I can't thank everyone enough at, at Jermaine Racing, starting with Bob Jermaine, Larry Rogers and uh, all the folks at GEICO, and every person that that worked at Jermaine over my four years that helped me uh, throughout my four years here. And um, I'm thankful for, for the opportunity and, and hopeful for the next opportunity. And hopefully some of us can get to work again and um, together again. And hopefully this propelled some of us to get new opportunities next year as we're all searching.
1: Awesome. Well, we're going to take some questions here from the media for you. Let's kick things off with uh, Jordan Bianchi. Go ahead, Jordan.
6: Hi, Ty. You know, you talked about your next opportunity. Where are you at in those conversations? Uh, Jordan, you- I think your
1: microphone's a little low. Is that better? Uh, I think Ty, you can't hear him, right? I
7: I, I can, can barely I, I can barely hear you. If we turn up our volume, I might be able to hear you. Try again. Ty,
1: can you
6: hear me okay? Yep,
7: yeah, that that's gonna work.
6: Sorry uh you you talked about your next opportunity where are you at in those discussions for next year um are you looking in the Xfinity series as well just cup and and do you want to continue racing full time in the cups in in, in NASCAR
7: oh absolutely um I feel like I am one of the top level drivers in the cup series I just need the 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 correct opportunity I've proven it in the Xfinity series in every race I've won if you go back and watch I, I beat um I know Kyle Busch is one of the best, but I beat, he's finished second to most of, my, most of my wins. Kevin Harvick was, you look at the field that was in the win that I got at uh, the Brickyard. Uh, those guys were the best, the best. And so I've proved that I can do it. It's just a matter of opportunity. So um, I absolutely want to be in the Cup Series. I'm, I feel like I, in the right situation over the right time, can win races and, and be a championship contender. Um, and and um, my time is not up here. And I definitely have a lot to prove still. I feel like I'm... I'm starting to reach a pinnacle of, of my life physically and mentally as far as a cup driver. And uh, I'm, I'm so eager for the next opportunity. But as far as the opportunity, uh, I have nothing yet. So um, hopefully this inspires some, some more talks and more sponsorship opportunity. It's getting to a tough place in the sport where you have to bring money with you as far as sponsorship. And um, a little bit goes a long, long way right now. And if I have to take an opportunity to go down the Xfinity series and try to win races there and, and reprove myself, I'll absolutely take it. Um, but I'm a hungry driver right now and I want an opportunity next year uh, to continue to prove what I can do and uh, start fresh. All
1: right. We'll take our next question from Mark Garrow. Go ahead, Mark.
8: Thank you. Congratulations, Ty. Great run. Thanks. Mark. You said this was a statement for your team. What is it? What, how is it a statement for you? personally
7: yeah you know super suede's are always a place that i've succeeded at and been successful at but i wanted to go out and continue to put together good runs i have some anger built up a little bit of fire because i want that opportunity now for next year i want it now because i believe in myself so um anytime we can change take a chance when the field is equalized to prove ourselves um i feel like i want to make the most of it and today was one of those chances um and when you finish these races enough it's not it's not just by luck so um you know we haven't we haven't shown all the capabilities at some of the mile and a half tracks but we've done it at short tracks we've won stages so um i think more more it was a a stamp on our race team and in our years together and um you know from here on out i'm going to try to do my best and continue to make statements to the owners out there and sponsors out there um that if they take a chance on me they they won't be sorry Thank you.
1: All right. We'll take our next question from Lee Spencer. Go ahead, Lee.
2: Thank you. And congratulations on the run, Ty.
1: Just
0: kind of
2: curious, most people would think that it would be a no-brainer that you would end up doing something at RCR. Has that option been discussed for you?
7: Yeah. I mean, I I speak to my grandfather, and he's involved in in trying to help me make sure I get a ride, but the opportunity really isn't there at at RCR uh, for me. Um, you know, they have two, two drivers who are under contract and, um, it's not like I can bring, uh, enough money to start a race team over there. So, um, you know, hopefully we can, we can do something to work together with, with another team, but, uh, yeah, you know, I've, I haven't really been an RCR driver now for, for four years and I hope people can understand that I can bring value to a team, um, respectfully, not just, um, because of, of who I am, but because of my talent. And uh, um, like I said, I'm, I'm really eager to see see what's next for my career.
1: Appreciate your time. Good luck. Thank you. All right. We'll take our next question from Jeff Maglioschetti. Go ahead, Jeff.
2: Hi, Ty. Congratulations on a great run today. You know, Thanks, Jeff. it's been such a, a crazy year because, you know, we had the pause. You learned you'd be, you and Haley would have an addition to their family now in November. Congratulations on that. So Thank you. My question. What's the biggest lesson you're taking from this 2020 season one of change but also one of the highest highs and in some
7: cases the lowest lows uh it's been an incredible season of life for myself and and i have an incredible wife um who just keeps things in perspective and um and between her and i we have a strong faith in, in christ and we 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 restore each other daily because the world can really get after you in time especially with what's going on with the virus and and then also with the job. And then we have a little one on the way and everyone who has children knows what that's like. And we're so eager to meet our little boy captain here in a couple of weeks. And that's going to be beyond anything that racing could bring as far as blessing to our, to our life. I think what the the virus has done for me as a kid, I grew up racing and, and my family was always at the racetrack every weekend. And we were hardly ever in different places. I was playing sports. Austin was playing sports and we were able for the first time in my life to sit down and have dinner with my wife and my daughter for an extended period of time. My wife's a great chef and, uh, we just got to spend time together. And, and that was a really great experience and something I can, I, uh, hope to continue for a long time with my children, make it a, a really important thing with our family. I think that's what I learned the most there. And, you know, life can, life can be up and down and seasons come and go. Um, but if you're not rooted in, in, in a faith and something stronger, um, you know, you'll get tossed like the waves. Thanks, Ty. Congratulations again. Thank you.
1: Okay, we'll take our next question from Louis Torres. Go ahead, Louis.
4: Hey, Ty. Regarding your best race, could you just tell us kind of how much of the hard work Bob has put on this race team the past couple of years? Because I think with a run like that, it shows very high volumes of what he's contributed.
7: Yeah, you know, I think Bob Germain has committed so much to this sport over a long period of time, he's a truck champion owner. um, And he went from a starting park team to, you know, we finished third uh, here today. And I'm not sure if that's his best finish, but sure does feel like it. Um, And I wanted to give him everything. I wanted to give him a win. I thought in my rookie season, I'd give him wins and championships, but uh, you know, this cup series is the real deal when you get up here and and we had a a lot to battle through and and we really have grown year after year. And it is heartbreaking um, to see that, you know, this, this is, is coming to an end for him and Jermaine racing, uh, because of the commitment level that he has had. And it's a, it's a tough climate across the country and in this sport, uh, right now. And I think we have great hopes for the future of this sport in, in the new model car and everything that's coming out in the way that it's, uh, it's going to help financially. Um, but unfortunately it, it just, uh, the timing didn't work out for, for our race team. And, um, you know, we, we hope for brighter days together in the future and, uh we'll see what happens
4: thank you ty and on the side note i'm not sure if you heard the hawks won today over the dolphins
7: hey there you go i think the panthers won too so that's good
4: that's a bummer <laughs> we'll
1: take <laughs> right, our next Jeff. question from dustin long go ahead dustin
4: thank you hey ty um nascar's already stated they're not looking at changing the yellow line rule uh even after today um, there was some question that was brought up about it is if this rule needs to change, if there's still value, are you comfortable with NASCAR saying, Hey, we don't feel like it needs to change. Or, or as a competitor, would you say, Hey, hear me out. And and here's why I think maybe it could be changed or at change at the end of the race.
7: Yeah. The rule doesn't need to be changed. Um, you know, it's a product of what's going on right now. These cars are a bit easier to drive. They're stuck to the ground harder. The runs are happening twice as fast as they ever have though. So Guys going below the yellow line is, you know, you got guys going for a win. You got guys also trying not to wreck because it's not just you're hitting the wall and it's okay. It physically impacts you um, when you when you do crash. So guys have a lot of things going on in their mind. Sometimes when you go below the yellow line, it's not totally your fault, but it is the rules, and we all know the rules. So it comes down to a mental decision. Am I going to lift or am I going to go below the yellow line? And um, we know the rules before we get here. And, um, I think if you were to open it up and take the yellow line away, you're going to have guys blocking all the way down to the grass and you're going to have twice as big a wrecks as we see now. So I don't think we want to open up that can of worms. we got plenty of racetrack. We can go four or five wide on. So, um, I think it's just, it's a product of what we do. And I don't see anybody at fault in any reason. Um, I don't think anybody tried to, to bend the rules to get an advantage. I think it's just a product of what happens here.
4: Thank you.
1: Take our next question from Bob Hawkers. Go ahead, Bob.
2: Yeah, Ty, you said that the runs are coming faster than ever. Yeah, um, it looks like we have I'm sorry, joining us um, sorry, got the other one going on. Um, but this package was supposed to kind of keep the runs from being as fast compared to Daytona in February. So I'm curious, where the are the runs still just as fast?
7: Um, I think the runs are just as fast. The top speed is slower, which is helpful, um, especially when it comes to crashes. I think the impact rate and just being a driver inside the car when things start happening, it is slower where previous in the year when these crashes happened it was like a snap and and you couldn't react so I think just slowing the speed of the car down gives everybody a little bit better chance and slowing five to ten miles per hour down when you're going that fast and hitting a wall can do a lot for you in safety too and I think that was the important call there Um, so yeah I mean the runs are happening so fast you know I'd say 20% of the times the spotters can't physically react in time and the drivers really have to be on it um, feeling and, and knowing how things go and A little bit of patience goes a long way. You can see guys being really aggressive and it does get you to the front with these cars because they have so much grip if you can push the limits, but there is also a counter strategy to surviving these things. If you look at what the 11 did today and the four did, and uh, a lot of guys who finished the race, they were patient all day and, and didn't put themselves in aggressive situations too early. Thank you.
1: Okay. We'll take our next question from Dustin Albino. Go ahead, Dustin.
6: Yeah, Ty, it was Jermaine's best career finish. So what's that mean to deliver it for the team with just five weeks left?
7: Oh, that feels great. You know, I want to give them everything I have coming down to the end of our run together. I'm not a person that's built to quit in anything. So, um, you know, I want to keep getting stronger every day of my life as a human, and that doesn't change for for racing and racing for a team. So um really proud of that. We got, uh, what is it, we got six or seven more to go, and <coughs> hopefully we can possibly top that. Uh, coming to the end, and uh, all in all, it's been a a great run, not just for the finishes, but uh, spending time and and making relationships and memories with these guys.
9: Cool. Thanks, Ty. Thank you.
1: All right, and we'll take our next one from Jonathan with the Racing Experts. Go ahead.
5: Hey, Ty, uh, just looking at the stats, uh, for drivers who have made at least five starts at Talladega, you have the best average finish with a 12.0. Just what makes you good? at this racetrack you run up front all they finished up front what makes you
8: good at this track
7: you know i think patience my wife always preaches patience to me when i come to these super speedways and, and i had a pretty good run going at daytona too um but you throw that daytona 500 out and it's hard not to get a little anxious and get up in the middle of it i was a little mad at myself last couple of races at super speedways i was running inside the top 10 um, inside of two or three laps to go and gotten crashes. And, and the, the, the average finish would be even better if we would have finished those. So, um, you know, it's, um, you know, you don't always want to have to, you know, put yourself at the back at certain times, but I, I feel like I've got a sense. Um, I don't get the hair standing up like Denny does, but I've got a sense when things are about to get bad and, and I focus on certain cars in the pack and certain attitudes and, and feelings that I get and I try to navigate myself to a safe spot and sometimes you'll, you'll find yourself falling back, but it works obviously. Thank you. Ty.
1: All right. And our next question will come from Jerry Jordan. Go ahead, Jerry. Okay. Do you have a short list of teams in Xfinity that you would even consider?
7: Um, no, I haven't really gotten there yet. Um, obviously I'd want to be in a ride that's competing for wins. Um, but xfinity is the second on the list i want to go cup racing full-time first um and if, if all the doors shut in there i'll start knocking on the doors in xfinity and, and we'll see what happens from there and and uh you know god will bless us with some kind of opportunity whether it's a uh, cup or xfinity or who knows what
1: awesome well thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us ty congratulations on the finish and we'll see you at the roval all
7: right thanks guys appreciate your time thank
1: you Thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, we are now joined by our second place finisher, Eric Jones, driver of the number 20 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Um, Eric, just pretty crazy race. Can you just walk us through the finish?
9: Yeah, it was uh, kind of up and down for us. We led some laps early in at the midpoint of the race and felt like we had a pretty fast car. But, uh, you know, got up front there towards the end and tried to uh, lock on with the 21 and push him all the way to the trioval, and, you know, have a shot to, to win at the end but uh didn't work out we had to put a block on the 17 and got in the fence and still came home second so uh we'll take it obviously we want to win here and I feel like I've been really close a few times and just haven't quite got it done
1: all right well we're going to open up the floor for some questions from the media for Eric um if you have a question please click the participants tab and raise your hand or send me a chat we'll kick things off with Dustin Long go ahead Dustin
4: thank you um eric uh i I just wonder after a race like this there's some discussion already about whether the yellow line rule should be in place at this point or if there should be something toward the end of the race Uh, i mean as a competitor and having to deal with it i mean there are already a ton of wrecks today with the rule would it would it change things if the rule went away or was modified for uh the end of a race um (laughs) I think
9: you'd probably see more wrecks without it, you know, guys, just being able to dive down there and, and trying to make big moves. Um, You know, you probably see more accidents than, than what we have now, but um, I I don't know. I don't honestly know what to do to make it better. I know it's unfortunate when it comes down to the end of the race there and, you know, it's, it becomes a judgment call. I'm not totally sure there what happened between the 11 and the 21 there that caused the the penalty at the end. I haven't seen it, but uh, you know, it is unfortunate when you have to make those calls and, you know, put people out of the race, Uh, for something like that. But I honestly don't know what I, you know, would change if I was in that position to make it any better. Thank you.
1: All right, we'll take our next one from Mark Garrow. Go ahead, Mark.
8: Thank you. Uh, Congratulations, Eric. Uh, You've had quite a, a last month. You've strung some really strong races together. What does a race do like today as you try to find a ride for next year? Does this strengthen your hand and where exactly are you as far as finding a new situation for 2021?
9: Well, I'm still working for 2021. Uh, there's still some some things I'm trying to work out and get locked in for next year, but I don't know that it really changes my hand at all with them. You know, the teams that I'm in discussion with, you know, I've been in discussion with for a while anyways, and, and I don't know that this is going to change it. Um, you know, I've told teams here in the last few months that, I know I can do it. I've won a couple of these races and, and feel like we could have won more along the way and just haven't had the things work out for us. So just haven't always had it click here. Um, you know, and, and I I've enjoyed my time at JGR, but you know, definitely wish we could have won more races along the way. So, um, I don't know though this, you know, this last month has been awesome. I mean, as a driver, you know, you're running strong and running up front, but, uh, I don't, I don't know that it changes too much what I got going.
8: Are you a little frustrated that these were the kind of runs that you were, you were, you would have rather had the beginning of the year or when these contract discussions came up with Joe Gibbs?
9: Um, yeah, I mean, yes and no. I think their decision was somewhat made already um, beyond how I would have ran. So I don't know that that would have changed it. Obviously, I wish we could have ran better all year and, and been in the playoffs. And, you know, with the way we've been running, I think our playoff uh, run so far would have been fairly strong. But I don't know that it would have changed, you know, the, the decision that the AGR made to, to make a change. And, um, you know, having me move out of the 20 car, I don't think that would have changed.
1: Thank
8: you. Congratulations. Again, a great run.
9: Thank you.
1: All right, Eric. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Congratulations on the finish.
8: Mm-hmm. Next week. Thank you.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to join us. Um, we're now joined by our race-winning crew chief, Chris Gabehart, for the number 11 Joe Gibbs Racing Toyota. Um, Chris, can you talk us through what it was like um, up there on the pit box as the as the laps were winding down?
10: Yeah, it was, it was a long and crazy race. I'm sure it was long and crazy to watch, but, uh, you know, we had a really fast car. Obviously, the first 25 laps was able to kind of lead and control the race and then, uh, you know, come off pit road there after that competition caution and didn't get in a good spot and, you know, Given our points scenario, there was really no reason to be aggressive. Um, so we just rode around all day and and kind of waited for people to wreck and take themselves out and waited till the end. You know, typically these races come down to a bunch of really short runs and, uh, you know, just dodged a few bullets and then woke up in a really good spot to win with plenty of fuel in the tank. And, uh, you know, you get Denny that close to the front of the speedway towards the end of these things, and uh, he's going to have a great shot, and we were able to pull it out.
1: Great. Well, we are going to take some questions here from the media. Um, Let's kick things off with Kelly Crandall. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you. Hi, Chris. Um, Denny's talked a few times recently about the wins
10: that's gotten away and how much he's bothered by that. Have you had to refocus him at all about what's ahead and Phoenix being the main goal and not focus too much on what's behind? Um, Yeah, well, you know, all of this race team is, is, you know, um, has been frustrated by some of that. You know, we've certainly been running better than the results have shown for much of these last four or five races. And, uh, you know, I just reminded to him that that's the key. That's the most important part is performing like you're capable of winning, which we have every week. It just hasn't went our way. And, you know, racing, there's a ton of variables and you can't possibly control them all. So what you can control is, is how you perform. And we've been performing really well. And, you know, race wins are the goal. Uh, you know, and in Phoenix, you, you know, while at the end of that race win comes the championship, and certainly that's the goal. You know, our goal to, is to go and and win Phoenix, just like our goal is to come and win all these other races. So, you know, I wouldn't say refocus, but you know, certainly got to take comfort, and we've been running really well, and just just hadn't been getting some of the results lately.
1: All right, we'll take our next question from Bob Pockers. Go ahead, Bob.
2: Yeah, um, Chris, just first off, um, I mean, are you, were you, when you've seen them make all these yellow line calls, are you worried at all at the end of the race, uh, wondering, mean, are they getting called on them? Are they not? And what's it like to, I don't know if it's a, a helpless feeling at all or not.
10: Well, um, I, I have certainly seen calls that, um, you know, looked questionable to me before in terms of, you know, what the driver did. And I'd be like, oh, you know, they're, you know that that probably going to call that but honestly when i watched it happen live it was very clear to me that that he had to turn his only option to not wreck was to turn left uh and, and go under the line and and you know hope that he could maintain control of his car uh and and finish the race i mean let's keep in mind here he wasn't going below the line on the straightaways where you know there's not much transition and it's fairly safe to do it this was in the middle of, of the turn three and four bank, uh, where most of the time at 200 mile an hour, you're going to wreck. So he wouldn't have done that unless there was no choice. Um, but you know, in his mind, he was going to wreck if he didn't do it. And the only shot was, uh, was, was trying to go beneath to avoid the wreck. So it honestly never occurred to me, um, that they would call it as anything but that.
2: And um, I don't know how much you looked at the new rules for next year, but I'm curious, have you seen the the CFD rules and limitations of 150 runs a month? And is that a, you know, for us who aren't very familiar, is that a big deal?
10: What an interesting question, Bob. That is, You slid that one in there. That's nothing to do with Talladega.
2: I'm sorry. We don't, I mean... We don't get a chance to talk to people yeah. except for no, after races, no, so.
10: Um, <laughs> to be honest with you, Bob, that's that's one that, yes, I have read the rules. Um, it's not 100% my department, and certainly I'm focused on on winning races this year, so it's not been at the forefront of my mind to to talk with, you know, the, the aero department or the crew chiefs and determine just how detrimental that would or wouldn't be to us, but I certainly know that, you know, the the technical landscape of our sport is changing, and you know, NASCAR's continuing to try to find ways to save save the team's money. And, you know, um, certainly, you know, while CFD is not tangible testing in terms of a physical car and wind tunnel, it it is something that we spend time and resources on. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, everybody's gonna come to a responsible understanding of, of what that is and, and and try to work within it.
2: Thank you very much. I appreciate
10: it.
8: Yep.
1: Our next question come from Mark Garrow. Go ahead, Mark.
8: Thank you. Congratulations, Chris, on another win. Unofficially now 54 playoff points. What kind of position do you feel this puts you in to now survive the round of eight to make it to Phoenix?
10: Well, um, second best in playoff points. Uh, You know, if the four doesn't win, um, you know, a race, and neither do we, uh, we'll enter into into that race, you know, X amount of playoff points behind them. Uh, and then we would be fighting it out for the last point point position. So, you know, I'm certainly happy that it's we've gained more because I really look at at the two, honestly, not the four, and say that we've we've earned a uh, a little bit more of a cushion over them after after their win at Richmond. Uh, we kind of got our cushion back a little. But you know, I, I've said all along, uh, in my view, the playoff points, um, no matter how many you get. Uh, serve as benefit to get through the first two rounds of the playoffs. By the time you get um, to the third round and you're looking at eight guys turning into four guys over the course of three races, there's only one playoff spot that that will be given to points. And that's too thin a margin to focus on and, and rest on. So we'll be going into the round of eight fully expecting to have to win a race. Thank you.
1: All right, our next question will come from Jenna. Go ahead, Jenna.
10: Hey, Chris, um, you mentioned you guys aren't getting the, you hadn't been getting the results that you felt you deserved. Um, how difficult is that? Or maybe it's not
8: when the four team got off to the start that it did.
10: Uh, it's not, you know, racing is, racing's really hard. And, uh, again, there's a ton of variables and, uh, you know, some you can control and some you can't and, you know, Rodney and Kevin and certainly their whole team knows that Their group of racers. They understand that, uh, You know, there's a lot of things that have to go right to win a race. And uh, they've been on the on the bad side of that as well. So, you know, I I didn't feel bad about it and, you know, certainly frustrated by it. You know, you you certainly want to have things go your way the whole time. But I knew exactly this. Um, uh, What happened here at Talladega is the other side of how it can go. The key is the performance and running up front week in and week out, putting yourself in position to win. And if you do that, you'll get your fair share.
8: After you got you in the four went
10: back and forth so much this season. Did you feel like people expected that through the first round of the playoffs? Well, certainly when you look at the first round and you talk about the racetracks, Darlington, Richmond, and Bristol, um, those are, those are notoriously really good racetracks for JGR and Denny Hamlin. So, you know, you might say that, but again, I I knew how we were running. Um, you know, we, we were certainly, we were top three car every race and, um, but you don't always get top three results. That's why you show up, turn the TV on or buy a ticket and come to the race and check it out. Uh, Cause you, you just can't say for sure. And uh, you know, the key was that the performance was there and, and thankfully today
4: we had one go our way.
1: Thanks Chris. All right, our next one will come from Dustin Long. Go ahead, Dustin.
4: Thank you. Uh, Chris, obviously there's different ways to to run this, this race at Talladega, but with, with more and more of the races having a lot of times the crashes at the front of the field, does it just make more and more sense just to run at the back like you do? I know you guys were kind of protecting or kind of watching points, but uh, if this isn't a playoff race, do you do the same thing because of the more and more crashes happening at the front of the field, or do you want to be at the front to try to control it? Well, if
10: it wasn't a playoff race, I'm not sure we would have had the patience to do it the way we did it because the goal wouldn't have been near as obvious as it was given our points position and, and with the, the roval next week being the definite uh, end of, an, of another round. You know, if this is, you know, race 13 or whatever it was for Talladega one you ultimately you're trying to win stage points and, and, you know, playoff points because you don't know how the rest of the season is going to play out. So I don't know that we would have been as patient in executing it, but certainly in the situation that we were in, it it just, at at the drop of every caution where a new scenario arose, um, you know, there was, there was just never a time where the reward was worth the risk. So we just rolled around at the back until it was time to kind of roll the dice and see how we turned up. And, uh, let guys kind of beat themselves uh so to speak which fortunately um for us you know i don't want to say fortunately but some of the playoff contenders did which made our path a little more obvious um but man it's you just never know you get to the end of these things and you're still staring down the barrel of having to pass 25 cars and you could just as likely wreck passing them as not so it's tough thank you
1: all right and our final question for chris will come from jordan bianchi go ahead jordan
6: uh, Chris, a couple questions, if you would. Uh, when did you decide that you were going to come into Talladega with the strategy of being smart, being cautious, and riding in the back? Was Did you guys kind of know right away after last week's race when you looked at the point standings?
10: Um, yeah. Um, but with Denny, it's unique. And I this is what I really tried to to coach him up on all week, was while y- your odds aren't great at, at a place like Talladega and Daytona of getting through a race unscathed, um, Denny's instincts, uh, produce odds that my view are better than anyone else's at getting to, through the race unscathed. If he simply pays attention to his instincts and doesn't let, you know, the, the stress of the situation alter his instincts, you know, and that won't ensure that you get through the end. But, uh, certainly in our point scenario, my message to him was just do what you normally do at these plate races. And we will statistically have the best shot of getting to the end of it with a chance to perform and um, you know, lo and behold, that's what happened. So uh, just really proud of him. You know, he's just so smart and his his consistent ability to measure risk versus reward on a second by second basis over the course of three and four hour races is something that um, I, I really wish our sport, you know, and it's any sport, you know, when you're looking at pro athletes, you can't necessarily put yourself in their shoes as a fan of the sport, but, it's something I think gets lost in our sport. Uh, it's happening at 200 miles an hour. There are no timeouts. You're in this little cocoon with limited information. So to be able to measure risk versus reward uh, as well as he does at these places uh, for that long is very, very difficult to do.
6: Were you having to send him reminders throughout the week of, "Hey, this is our plan. Just remember," you know, kind of put that ingrained in his head.
10: Well, I, I've said before that's what I love about working with Denny so much is that, um, you know, I've had drivers in the past that have less experience, uh, or, you know, or of less of caliber or just haven't had the chance to mature yet. So with those drivers, you do have to make sure you stay focused on that, uh, keeping the big picture in mind and sort of staying on task, that kind of thing. And uh, while I, I certainly take that role with Denny when needed, he is such a, a sharp professional that, uh, you know, I, in that scenario, in this scenario this week, I wasn't telling him anything he didn't already know.
6: Last question for me is, as you're seeing this race unfold and, and, you know, guys in front of you are crashing out and it's kind of putting you guys in the catbird seat, are you just kind of laughing, cackling, thinking we nailed it? This is what we needed to do and we're doing it and it's coming our way?
10: Well, not really. As great as the story as that be for me to say, yeah, sure, I had it. You know, we knew the whole time. No, we didn't because... It only, the the only insurance it buys you is, you know, at one point there towards the end or by the early to middle part of the last stage, there were 29 cars left running, I think. And three of our playoff contenders had been eliminated from the race while one of them was the one. So that didn't exactly count. Um, But you're staring down the barrel of saying, okay, I'm going to either finish 28th or I'm going to drive up through there with a car that's capable of winning and try to get a top five and wind up wrecking and finishing 28th and conversely the 88 and the and the 18 whom were you know eighth and ninth in points their cars were beaten and battered but the way you know Talladega and daytona work is if they avoid avoid all the wrecks and stay in the draft and stay in conti- contention they could easily run top 10 so that's what i meant when i said late in the race that you, you can go through such wild point swings here at the drop of a hat and so you never, you really never can count your chickens until they hatch. Thank you.
1: All right, Chris. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Congratulations on another win. Um, we'll see you at the Roval.
10: Thank you so much.
1: Hey, Denny, can you hear me okay? Yes. Awesome. Well, great to have you in the media center. Um, congratulations on another win um, and securing your way into the next round of the playoffs. Can you just talk us through that wild race? I'm kind of hanging out in the back and then um, getting, getting the win.
11: Yeah, it was uh, certainly um, it was uneventful for 490 miles for us. Uh, we, we didn't do a whole lot. Uh, we led the first part of it. But uh, once we got shuffled there and I put myself in, well, we came off pit road, I think, fifth. Uh, we came in late and came out fifth you know, I just, I didn't want to put myself in a position where I could get wrecked early. I didn't want uh, a mid-30s finish. Um, I would have taken mid-20s, but not mid-30s. In my mind, I needed to pick up about 20 points over the next two weeks to lock myself into the uh, top eight. So I just kept watching as, as the wrecks were happening and kind of counting points. Um, you know, I hate, I hate that that's the way I had to do it, but I mean, it's just, you got to play the game the way it's uh, it's designed to be played. And Um, we we put ourselves in a good position there and then you know had got really fortunate where um, you know the wreck didn't seem like it was going to happen we were in the 20s I think on the first green white checkered and um, we just he's like come in let's get fuel just in case there's more green white checkers and um, at that point we were just kind of punting hoping that uh, we were going to get somewhere in the top 15 and uh, you know it, it just kept wreck after wreck just you know made it to where we didn't have to worry about fuel everybody else did and um you know just things worked out for us and we made the right move at the right time
1: great well congratulations we're going to take some questions here for the media um if you do have a question please click the participants tab and raise your hand or you can send me a chat and we will kick things off with bob pockers go ahead bob
2: yeah denny um were you were you even thinking that there was a chance nascar would you
11: no 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 (laughs) <laughs> wait, well, they wait how about called it all day they called well, the, it all day it's a non-story
2: well i mean i think some of us were surprised they called it on to benedetto at the end there they wow. called him um because i mean it's i think on the last lap it's it's always tough for them to call it right
11: they're supposed to right call it the same on lap mm-hmm. one as you do the last lap and so do you agree with the rule yeah absolutely i I'm I've, I've been a victim of getting forced down there all the time and finally they put their foot down and said this is the rule and we're going to enforce it. So um you know you can't you can't you as a leader or wherever you are you can't use the yellow line as a defense. Um you have to uh you have to you have to play within the boundaries that they set. So um it's you know in NFL they had you know force out rules and things like that they got rid of it but it's the same kind of thing. I mean, they just, uh, they, they set the precedence early. So, you know, that uh, they you weren't going to get away with it, uh, but it's just, uh, it's part of it. I mean, I, I, don't, I wouldn't say I would have done anything different um, if I was uh, Matt, but certainly um, you just I, like, I don't know. I, I'm not a huge blocking guy. So it's like, I, I don't know. I don't always think you have to block to, to win.
2: Well, let me follow up. That is with less horsepower and maybe the runs, maybe just not as fast. Does that maybe make these type of moves more somewhat doable, which is kind of creating this situation that we saw tonight today?
11: Yeah. I mean, the runs, you know, even though they're they're a little bit smaller at this track than what they are at, at Daytona because of the, the width of the racetrack, it, um, you still get massive runs. Um, so it's really reliant on uh, the car being behind you. And, and I thought I had a good push on the last lap, and I ended up going backwards. And I think I was fifth or something going into, the, into turn three. But it just, I saw all those guys blocking, and I'm like, I'm just going to run the line I think I need to run and, and let's see where they end up. And I saw them go to the wall, hit the wall, bounce back down the racetrack. And I had already gotten position on whoever was on the outside of me. So um, I had to turn left, obviously, and go to the apron to, to avoid the contact. Thank you. Yep.
1: Take our next one from Jordan Bianchi. Go ahead, Jordan.
11: Uh, a
4: couple of
6: questions, Danny. Um, does this win kind of help get over some of the last couple of weeks where you've had winds kind of slip away?
11: It, it makes me feel better for sure. I mean, you know, there's still, the marquee one was, was the Burkeyard 400. I hate that, that we didn't get, but yeah, I mean, we got one of the probably two that we, we should have had. I, I don't know. Probably had, should have more than that, but Vegas obviously was disappointing. We, we dominated last week and then I uh, think we finished third, but it's um, certainly, yeah, it's, it makes me feel a little better that, that the odds are starting to even out a little bit. So, uh, you know, definitely happy about that, especially considering where we were with two laps to go.
6: Another question too is, is, as this is unfolding and this race is, you know, getting crazy and the cautions are coming, are you just kind of sitting there laughing because your strategy is coming into play and it's working in your favor?
11: Well, we did it last year. I mean, I think we locked ourselves in actually earlier last year than we did here. We didn't lock in really till the, you know, I think we we it was kind of dependent on where the 18 was going to finish. And then once he got in that wreck, you know, I knew that, uh, then it was kind of reliant on the 88 and kind of where he was going to finish. And I saw he had damage. So I'm like, we just need to kind of beat him. So, uh, I was confident <laughs> with two laps to go, that I could actually go to the front and, and see if I could actually win the race. And yeah, the, 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 the the spider chart or the graph of where we were to where we finished in a very short amount of time was uh, pretty amazing. Thank you very much. Thanks.
1: We'll take our next one from Mark Garrow. Go ahead, Mark.
8: So Denny, just trying to follow up. We heard on TV, the conversation that you and Chris had about talking points. So that sort of, am I reading it right that that sort of changed your mentality for the, the final uh, overtime period, knowing that pretty much points wise you were in.
11: Yeah. I mean, I thought that, um, you know, once we saw a lot of the guys that were either on the cut line or below it crash out, it, it makes it like, well, you really have to have like a perfect storm for you to not to make it. And I still didn't feel, I still didn't, I don't feel comfortable unless it says locked. So, I mean, even with three laps to go, I'm, I'm, you know, before the first green white checker three laps to go, I don't know. I, I was in the twenties. So, I, I still didn't like where I was. I was like, you know, I, I'm assuming they're going to wreck at least one more time. And if I, if I can avoid it, then I'll hopefully be mid pack. And then I can make some quick moves and another caution will be out. So it actually, the, the perfect storm worked out perfect for us today where, you know, we, we, we avoided the big wrecks. We, we got some caution, the green, white checkers there, people were light on fuel. So they pitted in front of us. So it just, uh, things really kind of worked out fortunate for us.
8: And could I also ask you about your situation now—the career win list and Bill Elliott and 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 all that? That's that's pretty amazing for a kid who ran late models out of Virginia.
11: Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I you know that's why essentially, you know, the 11 car—I've been number 11 my whole life, and a lot of it is because when I went in, got into go kart racing when I was a kid, it was because of Bill Elliott was running the Junior Johnson number 11. So. I, um, I've um i always been number 11. Uh, I've always been a purple and white 11, which is even crazier uh, that, that it all worked out that way. But it's just, uh you know, tying a guy that, you know, I considered the best, the guy I idolized, that uh, it, it's very surreal for me. Thank you. Got it. Thanks. All right.
1: We'll take our next one from Jeff Gluck. Go ahead, Jeff.
11: Tenny, your answer to Bob's question, you said it's a don't, non-story because... Don't even...
2: But see, this is the thing. Was the precedent set? You, you said the precedent was set because they called it earlier in the day, which they did. They, yeah. they called it twice, forcing somebody below the line. But other previous races, that's not necessarily a call. So are you reacting yeah. to something that if they set the tone early in that race, it, it sort of supersedes other, t- other races in the past, in your
11: view? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I can tell you in that – particular instance i was not thinking about well they've called that before i can go down there like i just was flat out avoiding a wreck uh they went up they hit the fence they were coming back down the racetrack and i had already got inside position i listen i don't know how miller explained it i have no idea about nascar statement uh, as i'm t- talking to you but i would think they would say well he had inside position on somebody they were coming back down the racetrack and he was forced down below the line so I, I don't know if that's what they said, but that's a pretty simple rationale from my standpoint. All
1: right. We'll take our next question from Kelly Crandall. Go ahead, Kelly. Thank you. Denny, with the, with the winds that have gotten
10: away, you felt like over the last couple of weeks, what's the balance in your mindset between not getting too upset over that and focusing on the fact that it's all about getting to Phoenix.
11: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's our number one objective is, is getting to Phoenix and, um, you know, you just, you only got to win re- one race <laughs> and believe it or not to win this championship. And usually it's the last one. So, um, I, you know, these wins are great. And, and obviously these, this is icing on the cake for us, but, um, you know, we're, we, we try to win each and every week, but obviously getting to Phoenix is what, that's kind of what dictates a, a good year versus a successful year versus a non-successful year for us. Um, it's not necessarily winning the championship because anything can happen in one race, but it's, it's, if you get there, it means you, you had a really good season and obviously we're, we had a really good season so far. So, you know, it, to me, it doesn't, my focus won't shift to the round of eight. I mean, I'm still going to put in the same amount of work this week, getting ready for the Roval as I would if I wasn't locked in, but certainly the the stress level will be less and, and certainly we can be a little bit more aggressive with our strategy calls uh, starting at the beginning of the race.
1: All right, we'll take our next question from Dustin Albino. Go
6: ahead, Dustin. Yeah, Denny, congrats on the win. Um, you kind of <laughs> mentioned this earlier, but how mentally tough is it to stay so patient when you're used to running at the front in the super speedways?
11: Oh, it's agitating. I mean, I hate it, um, but it's the game. I mean, when you when when someone lays out all the rules of a game, you got to figure out, all right, what's the best way to win? And And for us, you know, this was the best way for us to – Um, you know, we put in the work at Las Vegas, right? We dominated the race. We finished first, second, and third and through the stages and the race. So that gave us the liberty to, to use this strategy. So it wasn't given to us. Uh, we earned it. So, um, it's just, uh, it's, it's the game that that you play. You got to be a plus 57 at the end of this race. If you don't, if you want to go into next week and, and sleep easy. And, and so we, we try to figure out how to get there. And for me, it's about managing my risk. It's I found myself, you know, when I'm leading, I'm like, okay, I feel pretty good about staying up here. But the moment we lost track position, I, I you know, Chris knew that I was going to bail, and and I got out of there. I think I was running fifth or something like that. And I'm just like, you know, I, I this isn't the right place for me. It's not the right time. It's not the right place. I think they crashed like six laps later. So, it's um, you know, you just got to play the odds and look at statistics and try to figure out, you know, when the cautions come and all you try to do is guess, but you, you know, I try to put myself in statistically the the best spot to uh, succeed at these tracks. Thanks, Benny.
9: Thanks.
1: All right. And our final question for Denny will come from Peter Strada. Go ahead, Peter.
9: Thanks, Denny. You're regarded as one of the best today on super speedways, but coming into today, you only had one win at Talladega. How much is getting a second win here mean to you?
11: Uh it means a lot. I mean, we we haven't won in, in six years and you know this one's special because uh because of kind of how we won it, right? I mean, we came from fifth on the last lap and um it, it locks us into the next round. So, you know, it's uh it's different than than the first one. And obviously uh the the trophy that, that they switched to a few years ago, I've been wanting to get my hands on. So uh it's it's awesome we get to take that home. Thank you. Mm-hmm.
1: All right, Denny, well, that is all we've got for you. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us. Congratulations on another win, and we'll see you at the Roval. All
6: right,
0: thank you. This is WFO
6: Radio. Subscribe to WFO Radio on iTunes. Never miss a
5: show, and don't forget to write a review. W-F-O.